The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Abide in me as I in you. Jesus teaches using one of the most classic metaphors in all of the New Testament, the image of the vine. So many of us right now feel like we're hanging on to our very last nerve, or maybe half a nerve, or a quarter of a nerve. Someone related it to me this past week as though there's a carrot being dangled in front of us and it is constantly just out of reach. Every time we reach for it, it seems to move just a little bit further. That's life in the pandemic. Just this past week, here in the neighborhood, I've seen people get terribly upset at one another, at strangers. It's been hard. We're all afraid. We live in a society that tends to particularize things, or as a colleague of mine says, atomize things. That is, we focus on differences and we even talk about the universe as a universe of particles, little different bits, interacting perhaps, maybe a more accurate description these days is bumping into each other, but nonetheless, a universe of discrete things, often isolated and alone. The pandemic for us has exaggerated all of that and brought up the fears that are underneath that. We in the West value our particularity, like our uniqueness, revel in what we regard as the freedom of that. 
but then we often find ourselves lonely and in times of crisis, isolated and indeed afraid. That works on our nerves, diminishes our patience, challenges our capacity for things like compassion and to build something that the author Eric Law calls a grace margin, room for the grace of God to act, not only in our individual lives, but in between one another, in our relationships. Jesus' teaching today turns that whole metaphor on its head. Instead of thinking about the universe as a bunch of particles or discrete objects, he talks about a vine, an organic image, an image in which the branch belongs to the stem and the stem belongs to the root. And if they are separated, they wither and die. But if they are connected with one another, even if they are grafted to one another, they have an opportunity to thrive and bear good fruit. In today's story from the book of Acts, we have two people meet who could not be more different from one another. Philip, a faithful Jew, a disciple of Jesus, and now an apostle, carrying the message of the risen Christ and the coming of the Spirit out into the world, meets an Ethiopian eunuch, someone who is so far above Philip's station, you almost get a nosebleed. The Ethiopian eunuch was part of the Candace's court. The Candace was sort of like the queen mother. She was the one who would bear the heir to the kingdom. And the Ethiopian eunuch was one of her officials. And no doubt he's traveling with an entourage, probably with all kinds of supplies because it's a long journey from Jerusalem, probably where he was conducting business, all the way back down to the region of Northeastern Africa that he came from. The eunuch himself, in his body and in his person, would have been questionable in Judaism. Eunuchs were set aside to be part of the court and to take care of things and were prevented from doing things that ordinary men do, like marry, have children, He would have been questionable at best in Philip's world. At worst, he would have been considered a complete another outsider, not worthy to be counted among the faithful, let alone among the Israelites as a people. And yet here he is reading the book of the prophet Isaiah, and Philip finds himself drawn by the Spirit to an encounter that will transform both of them. As they speak together about scripture, 
Philip has opportunity to disclose the good news, the gospel of the risen Christ to the eunuch. And the eunuch is so moved by this that he asks the chariot be stopped. He sees a small body of water and he says, what is to prevent me from being baptized? That is, what is to prevent me from being grafted into the bond? At that moment, Philip leaps over every boundary that his culture can put between them. Every boundary that their socioeconomic difference and their difference in power puts between them. And there he is baptizing the eunuch together. Two people met, now having become siblings in Christ, part divine. This is the radical image of Easter. A new world is constantly being built by God's grace. Opportunity for relationship and growth and fruitfulness is always close at hand for us as a community, for us as a people. And that good news, of course, is built on what the author of the letter of John talks about today. It is built not of particularity or articulating differences or figuring out who's right and who's wrong. It is built of love. The love that gives life to everything. And some might say, actually gives form and substance to the whole of the universe. It's a crazy notion in the material world that we live in, but in Jesus' world, it makes perfect sense. It says that the love of God is what binds together everything and draws us deep into this relationship of interdependence, knowing that we rely on one another Together, we rely on the love and grace of God. And if we abide there, we have an opportunity to thrive and become fruitful, even in the midst of a stressful time, even when we are challenged by our circumstances, even when we are uncertain what tomorrow will bring. We are reassured that God abides in Christ. Christ abides in us. We abide in Christ. And in that is all there is. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.